Hello. Hello, Marilyn Hello, Man. Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm all right, huh? I can't, you know, I'd complain, oh. but who would listen? Oh. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could get somebody on Fiverr. You I'm could hire someone that. to listen. Yeah, no, yeah. I saw uh, an advertisement on, on, on uh-huh. television for that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah it was like a place for mom, but for, you know, middle-aged men who... Dan, Dan, Dan does, your, does your family listen to and understand you? Oh, I haven't even tried something like that in a long time. <laughs> so Man. I wouldn't, I would, how, it's a, it's <laughs> do a, they it listen really, to you? <laughs> Dan, what Come I'd on. be asking. No. I no. mean, it's like asking somebody like, you know, should your, <laughs> should your poop be yellow? Well, I think you know the answer. By the way, I was out last week. Um, yeah, are you okay? You, everything yeah, right? my poop was yellow. I was very, very, I was Yellow very, or like a light? like a beige i don't want to get into it because i'll gross people out but <laughs> i don't know so, something happened um it doesn't matter but like yeah i was under the weather oh um and so that's why i wasn't here last week hi everybody but i've been i've been as busy as a doorknob in a wet sweater lately i've just been setting them up and knocking them down you know doing things continuing my my journey you know what i mean yeah no i mean it's an endless journey it's a journey that never it's ends an it's the journey, journey that keeps on giving for me but like I I I can't I, my family doesn't understand me, Dan. Do you think it's that they don't care or that you're too complex? Oh, those are the only two options. What's funny? You should. I, for some, I'm thinking of this wonderful. Oh God, there's a great episode of uh, What Next, uh, the podcast I love from Slate uh, Daily Podcast, and uh, they did a wonderful interview with David Falkenflick from the NPR Falkenflick, uh, the NPR <laughs> media reporter. You just like He's, saying it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> David Falkenflick. Hi, oh, Dave. Uh, fuck a pro. Know, I'm a fuck a pro. We're now available on iPad. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's exciting. Um, you can subscribe on your iPad. But um, but uh, but uh, but uh, but uh, but David Falkenflick was on, and they were talking about uh, you know, in the wake of a CNN town hall with the previous president, hosted right. by Caitlin Collins, which. Mm-hmm didn't go very well. He had so many really smart things to say about it. Basically that, you know, CNN, that was a, I don't use this, this word, Dan, cause it's not a word in this use, but it's a big uh, phrase. It's a big ask. To, this, to is, throw, this is a big ask to throw Kate and Caitlin <laughs> Collins into that in any case, cause she's kind of new ish. She's, she's a very good reporter, the white house reporter for them, but you know, they set her up to fail in so many ways, including bringing all these dinglings who whooped and hooted the whole time. But, Anyway, the host asked David Falkenflick something along the lines of, well, you know, should we be, when we cover Trump, it's basically the, the premise was how do we, what, what have we learned about right. covering and, Donald and, Trump? Yeah. Not, not to take the man's voice away, but to, I don't know, one of his ideas was maybe don't show it live. Maybe that doesn't need to be something you show live. Yes, CNN made an extra $100 million uh, in 2016 because of Trump. But anyway... And she said, well, you know, to figure out how to deal with this, you know, should we, I think it was along the lines of, should we, um, you know, sh- should we put them on? Should we not put them on or something like that? And he goes, well, something I find myself saying to my kids a lot, are those my only two options? <laughs> that's such a good response. Yeah. So I, I, that's my only two. What are my options again? Uh, your options are, is it that they don't, they, that you're too complex too or that complex. they just don't care? I mean, yes. Care. <laughs> um, well, there's definitely those two. 
but it's not a radio button. It's a checkbox. And all of the boxes are checked. I annoy my family so much. I talked about it this weekend when we, uh, happy Mother's Day, everybody. We took a, a nice little family walk, a little hike on Mount Tam. And I made a joke that I thought was very funny, but nobody sees anything on Twitter anymore. I made a very funny joke about, you know, basically Werner Herzog has decided to direct a documentary about what it's like to take a one-hour casual family hike with me. <laughs> and I, I, I'd be happy to get into why I'm having a Werner Herzog renaissance right now. I've always enjoyed his stuff. I've always enjoyed his presence. But there's a wonderful episode of Documentary Now that I highly, highly recommend everybody watch called Soldier of Illusion, where Lucas Matson from Succession plays a Werner Herzog-type character. Oh, wow. I've, talked to, I've talked about it a lot. But it is literally a contender for the funniest thing that I have ever seen. Oh, wow. But um, That's saying a lot. I mean, I've watched it, the two episodes, which, you know, comes to, I don't know, 80 minutes. I've watched the whole thing five times. And it still makes, I just want to find somebody who hasn't seen it yet. I want to sit down with them and I want to watch it together because it was so freaking funny to me. But, you know, you, you have some familiarity with Werner Herzog, right? Like, you know, like, yeah. Grizzly Man. Yeah. And, like, oh, we have to destroy this footage and stuff like that. I, I mean, his first movie of his I ever saw was Aguirre, Wrath of God. Uh, he did, of course, Fitzcarraldo, where he makes a bunch of, like, South American tribe people drag a boat up a mountain for the movie it's it's all just completely mental but uh let me find let me find what i said because this is this is actually pretty close to what it's like there's a reason i don't get invited to certain family things because i'm such a drag and i'm 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 so i'm so annoying because my, my brain is just always like rah, 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 rah. you know what i mean and i just thought it'd be funny and and I, I, i'm gonna do it in the voice i said i'm so honored to announce that Werner Herzog will be directing a documentary about what it's like to be on a casual one-hour family hike with me. <laughs> I, lo- I love this. I think and this then we, is, and then, and then we go into we, we go into, so you have to imagine now, there's, there's a camera probably out on the trail. This is all being captured, and Werner Herzog is doing the narration. May I share it with you? Yes. Merlin is now describing an idea he has for estimating the discrepancies in how his family's devices are tracking the hike. It seems to involve some kind of 19th century British naval technology, and no one has asked for this. The hike continues. Ne- <laughs> next. That was very good. That was very next, good. Next, Merlin tells a very long anecdote about when he lived in Florida and used to use laundry soap to wash his dishes. His son wears the blank and impenetrable countenance of a condemned war criminal. Finally, Merlin asks for another quick break. He sits on a rock and then speaks into a microphone on a small pocket telephone. A bid to remember the basis for this bit later on. It has been four minutes since the family left their auto. I'm so into this. Yeah. Because that's, that's how I am. I, ha- I, ha- I have a kind of a topic when is this? Uh, when is this due out? Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm not really sure. He's producing it, you know, uh, alongside Lorimar, you know, TV productions. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, have you ever seen documentary now, Dan? No. Do you know what it is? No. Can I, can I just briefly yes. describe it to you? Because it's such a funny show. It's a funny show if you like the people doing it and blah, blah. But like, it's, if you, if one is like me and has seen so many documentaries, 
it's really funny to see. You don't have to have seen Grey Gardens or Jira Dreams of Sushi or Salesman. You have don't have to have seen those, but if you have, I saw, I saw the um, sushi one. Okay, well, well, the one they do for that. So here's the thing: it's a show, and it's Fred Art was produced by, I think, Lauren Michaels, but also by like, but it's basically by Fred Armisen and Bill Hader. And especially in the first couple seasons that they play like in every episode. And the thing, I, you got to see it to appreciate it, but like the, the work they put into making this thing look like the movie they're parodying is incredible. The Grey Gardens one, which is, of course, about the mother and daughter in Long Island who are, you know, related to Jackie Kennedy and a famous documentary by the Maisels brothers. Um, but, you know, it's... There, it's so Fred Armisen. So the Jira the Dreams of Sushi parody, it's about a place. So you remember like how fussy he is and like there's only so many seats and the entire thing. It's like watching Helvetica where you're like, I, I mean, I love it, but also I'm like, really? But you know, still, and it's about this guy named Juan. And anyway, it's, 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 a, it's a restaurant in the jungle that it takes hours to get to. And the only items on the menu are chicken uh chicken coffee rice and bananas but it's he's incredibly tightly wound about every how every single one of them is sourced and made if it takes more than 30 minutes for the cow to bring in the milk he makes his son drive it back his son played by fred armison <laughs> he has to he has to pound the coffee against a tree for some reason the whole thing is so freaking funny thin blue line maybe errol morris movie i don't know if you ever saw that one that yeah. one's hilarious but this one, it's just, oh God, it's so freaking funny. But that, that's what brings me here today because I'm, I have a, I have a, I'm realizing that there's a, like jokes have kind of left the room. There's a great disparity between a thought technology that I have where it's become really important to me, but I've be, I'm so bad at explaining it to a neurotypical person that it just makes my family, I they just look at their phones and I'm like, but you, you know, I want to like really ex explain this thing because it actually makes a lot of sense and it could be really helpful to somebody who's like me. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not interested in advice that could be handy, A, could be handy for everybody and B, will probably be ignored because it's not really useful, you know? Oh, I was today years old when I learned you could soak your dishes, you know, kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those are great. Some of those are very good. Like, like the, you know the one, do you know the one about rolls of like aluminum foil, you know? Oh, where you pop in the little things on the side of the box? Do you know about popping the tabs? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I didn't like know that's everyone... also in my 30s. Yeah, but I mean, like, no one told us about it until we were in our 30s. No, no, but there's like a million things like that. I mean, the, the, the last one of those I saw before I finally had to block that today I learned thing uh, account was like, you know, you got a hammer, a claw hammer, right? You got the, the side of the hammer for banging in a nail. And then you got the other side with the, with the thingy. And I thought, oh God, this is going to tell you, did you know that you can use the thingy to remove a nail? I figured, but it wasn't. You know what it showed me? What? You could also put a nail into the thingy and do one big first drive to get it in without having to go tapa tapa tapa. I never knew that till last week. Oh, like you're saying just hit the nail hard the first time. So like 
so you know what I mean by a claw hammer, right? You got the yeah. claw. Now yeah. you, you take your ten penny nail or what have you, and you like wedge it into the thing that you would normally use for leverage to remove it. You wedge it in there until it holds it pretty tight, and then you do one big bang to like get it in to the surface that you then go tapa tapa after that. I mm -hmm. never knew you could do that. I never mm. heard that. Mm. I always just held it with my fingers like a monster. Oh. But we don't have to do that. I, 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 I was going to do a bit about reporting live from the show floor, but I don't have the energy. And um, there's that. And so what I want to talk about, if, if you're interested in that time, I want to talk about uh, something, a concept that I call first make a hole. And it, I've covered this in the Wisdom Project. It is now on the list of prospective uh, titles for the you know yeah. Wisdom Project. Mm -hmm. Because I have this thought technology about first make a hole that I cannot, either my family doesn't understand or they understand it so much that they're like, why are you still talking about it? And I'm like, I'm still talking about it because until you make a hole, you can't do things. And I thought maybe I could talk about that. I also I also have media recommendations. I have many things. So like you don't have too much for smart home stuff, huh? No, not this time. I mean, I can you know I know people are like on the edge of their seats waiting to hear you know I, what I'm, I'm doing. I love your journey, but you know part of the it's like my friend Sean Nelson says. You know, it's about the notes you don't play. You know, or yeah. like uh, Corky St. Clair says. You know, um, you know sometimes it, 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 the rests are more uh, important than the notes. You know. Well, I, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, Nick. This oh, no, go ahead, please do. So, you know, a lot of it has been light switches, as I was talking about. Um, yeah, I was you sent me a good one. I was able to find, so I have, you know, I have a couple lamps in the house. And, you know, I, I thought, wouldn't it be nice if I could just turn these things on and off on a schedule? You know, one part of the living room doesn't get a lot of light. So, you know, you have a lamp in it. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be nice to just have it so that like on the weekdays when you wake up early because you got to, you know, make your kids breakfast and, and right. get their stuff together that you would walk out and the light's already on. It's not in the dark. It's the light's on. That seems. It would know this is a the school day, right? Yeah. It would it know would it know, was yeah. a school day. It would know when you're walking out. It would know to turn on. So I actually was able to find uh, because I wasn't, you know, like. What I've realized is that a lot of the people who are into this home automation stuff are also the same kind of people who are incredibly like retentive and nerdy and really get into this stuff. And I'm, right. I would not actually, I would really people, not people put like myself. Me, people get really wound up in projects that yeah. can be very immersive. It's why I like D&D. There's lots of reading. I liked anything that took lots of reading and memorization, right. whether that's box scores or, you know, armor class for my paladin. Yes. Uh, those kinds of things can be, can be so absorbing, and, but they're definitely not for everybody. They're not. And, and the thing is, in some cases, like, yeah, it's really cool if you want to, like, monitor the electric usage that goes through a certain outlet and see that in an app and be able to import it into Excel. I'm just not that kind of person. I just want the, the switch to turn on and off at a certain time. It will. It, it sounds. It sounds like in some ways I'm just interpolating here or assuming. But it sounds like you're saying like, you know, uh, well, and this, there's a separate topic here that we should, probably shouldn't get into, which is like it is really past time for us to start disambiguating, as Raymond Carver would say, what we talk about when we talk about smart homes, because yeah. like Siri, like iCloud, 
like mm-hmm. any of those things. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means so many things. Like being a vegetarian meant something different in the 30s. Being a vegetarian is a different kind. Of, there's lots of reasons people do that. And so like, but there are people out there who could benefit. I watched a Queer Eye last night. And it was really sweet. It was a little condescending, but super sweet, where they helped out this guy in New Orleans who uh, used a wheelchair. And it was a really sweet episode. But they were using the Amazon voice assistant to like, move his blinds and do mm. all this stuff and like so that fella really benefits from smart stuff with minimal interaction with his phone let alone programming zapier if this then that all that kind of stuff right yes. it's, there's benefits to this that are there for everybody but like the the way in feels so fussy because the people who enjoy it and evangelize it Mm-hmm. Are are people who like that fussiness in some ways? Yes, and you know, you know it'll succeed. I was going to say it'll succeed if that acts like a goddamn light switch plus does other stuff. And it's harder. It's actually harder to find simple things that do simple things than it is to find complicated things that do lots and lots of things. So, for example, if you were to search for like smart plug. The first 10 results from that are going to be things that are in the 30 to $40 range each that do tons and tons and tons of stuff. But if all you want to do is turn something on and off, I have the solution for you. It's TP-Link, who uh, network nerds would recognize them because they make switches and things. They have a line called, I think you say Casa, like Mi Casa es Su Casa, but it's Mm -hmm. spelled with a K, K K-A-S-A. Casa Smart is their line. And they have a smart switch that is a, uh, it runs on Wi-Fi and it is, they call it the Wi-Fi plug mini. It's 10 bucks and you do need an app to configure it the first time, but then it integrates with, uh, you know, with Google as well as with uh, Alexa and not Apple HomeKit. But I don't care because I'm not, I have all the like routines set up with Google right now, so it's fine. But if you're mm-hmm, using yeah. Alexa or Google, this will work great. It's 10 bucks, and it basically just plugs into the wall, and you plug your lamp into it, and it turns it on and off. I have one for the coffee maker now because I have a really nice coffee maker, but it's not a programmable coffee maker. So at night, um, I, I basically turn it on, but because the switch in the wall has it turned off, it doesn't start until the morning. It turns that thing on. It turns the lamp on, and then the other lamps, uh, the ceiling ones, turn on because I have those set up with a, a smart dimmer switch that um, the uh, Cassetta switch that I've talked about before. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, if all you want is to turn something on and off, like, here's your solution. It doesn't have energy monitoring. If you want that, it's twenty three dollars. It'll do that. Uh, so you can get that. But I don't care how much I'm gonna. You know, the thing is this, Merlin. I'm gonna yeah. turn the lamp on. Regardless of how much energy it uses, it's got an LED efficient bulb in it. I really don't care how much energy it's using. It's just I, a lamp. I, I, here's the thing. I like that in Eve Energy. It. I like it because I like the same reason I like my weather station and the, the app Jason Snell turned me on to for like using my weather station and like basically like a server that you can put on a Mac. But, you know, but I like that just because I, I like, I think data is fun. I think it's interesting. It's absolutely not essential. And for me personally, I'm not making different decisions because of that. Now, if there were something that I suspected was, as we used to call it, a vampire, if we suspected, if I suspected an energy vampire, remember that? Like, find these things that are like, you know, 
should you turn off your stereo or leave it in standby mode and all that stuff. And like, you can track that and see for yourself, but like air quality stuff, I'm mainly going to really like actively use that. Well, obviously I'd like to be alerted if something went horribly wrong, like a smoke alarm type thing, mm -hmm. but mainly I'm going to use that for a specific purpose. Right. I mean, I think there are a lot of people, they, most people wouldn't know to phrase it this way, but these devices will have arrived when they're, let's say, as easy to pair as AirPods. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that you've got to go in, you got to I understand, you got to pick the room, all that stuff, but like just like all the troubleshooting of all, all that stuff to like get it set up, that's not going to be something that pick up, people pick up at a 7-Eleven in five years if it comes with a manual that you really kind of need to read. But, you know, it's early days. It is early days still. And that's the, you know, the whole thing, I think when it comes down to this, at the end of the day, Merlin, yes, this stuff isn't really complicated. There's just a lot of different things out there. The, my analogy for people when they're asking me about this, because I talk about it a lot, mm -hmm. is like, imagine if you, if you drive a Honda, that there's only three kinds of gas stations that you could go to in your town, three different kinds. And you have to make sure that you're going to the right one, because not only will the pump be different, the method that you pay for it will be different and the kind of gas it dispenses will be different, but you're still driving right. a car. It's EV almost like people that. People face that with different charging systems. Yes, like, absolutely. You know, like a, a credit card, largely, I mean, depending on, it obviously varies by policy and stuff, but a credit card will work anywhere that takes credit cards mostly. Right. Some places will say it's got to be $10 for it to be credit versus debit or whatever, but like that's, you know, um, I watched a really good BBC video this week about standardization and, uh, <laughs> so boring on standardization and the ways that our ability to measure things more exactly has changed the world over time. And like, you know, you couldn't have a railroad system if all the trails were different or all the uh, tracks were different mm -hmm. sizes and, and, and widths, you need that kind of standardization. But you know, right now it's still the wild west in some ways. That's a good, that's a pretty good analogy. Yeah. I think that it's, um, I think that it's, really still a challenge because these companies that are making stuff for it are all at odds with each other. You mm -hmm. know, Apple, Google, and Amazon, they may collaborate sometimes, but they have no interest, whether business, financial, or, or otherwise, to make something that is compatible with the other service. In fact, right. they kind of don't want to. You know, like we have. I, I get the feeling, especially at this point, that that kind of thing is. It's not a liability. It's very important that to be able to work with different things, but it does from certain companies in particular, it does feel pretty grudging. It does. It really does. And then the companies that are actually making the the things that we install into our house, whether they're things that control a lamp or light switches or whatever, those don't come from the companies that are writing the software to manage this stuff. So. Those companies are, they almost have to make a choice. And again, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, if there's licensing or fees or, or whatever that they have to pay. But like, for example, if you go and buy a lightning cable that's not from Apple and it's a legit cable, they had to pay Apple a fee to make those cables. And so every cable that gets be, sold. I used to be like, they used to call it MFI, right? Yeah. Like for it to be, what does that mean? Uh, uh, but there were like ones that got the official okie dokie from Apple. 
Yeah, I, I think MFI is made for yeah. iPhone or made yeah, for iPad. Yeah, or, but that's the days even before, like, oh, secure video and right. like, threading that needle. Right. So, like, if you if you want to integrate with one of these, I bet there's some kind of fee, or maybe it's harder to make something compatible, and they're making a choice because they don't have six more months development time and testing time and. Well, who knows? But there, I'm sure there are reasons why every device doesn't just work with every system. But if you think about it, back to my car analogy, right? Mm-hmm, right? How long did it take in the evolution of cars? How long did it take before there was like a standard rim size for, to go and get a tire for? How long right, did it take right, before right, there right. were... And Etzel, Etzel didn't... Also then, for a consumer, Etzel didn't run solely on certain highways. That's right. Your, your Etzel would work wherever a car would work. That's right. But th- these things that you buy, brake pads, for example, you know, there isn't one brake pad for all cars. Every car has a different brake pad. Now, the, the, the brake pad in a 1994 Honda Civic might be the same as a 95 Honda Civic, and it might be the same one that the CRV uses, but it's definitely your, not the one that Toyota uses. It could be like a gas cap. Like you got right. the right kind. This also adds, there's another angle to this, I feel like, especially with regard to Apple, which is that, and this sounds weird, but like you, when me and you were coming up, there were three national TV networks. <laughs> right. And I think, well, uh, the thing is, I think, I think Fox was, was the new one. Yeah, that was like uh, 80. Seven or eight, yeah. Um, they got Joan Rivers. What a get! Um, <laughs> I love her, but um, but but the but the thing is, like, whenever I listen to people talking about these, you know, these um, <laughs> as as Tim Goodman and Jason Snell uh, used to say, these times of confusion. Uh, well, the thing is, I think it's pretty fair to say that, mm, like Coke and Pepsi, or you know, or like Folgers Coffee, or like whatever, like all three of those networks were, it must have seemed at the time like they were going after very different audiences. ABC was an upstart. There have been other networks before, but the ones that survived, those three, I mean, you know, today CBS is the, is the, it's the one for old people. It's got all the shows about firemen and like, you know, all that stuff. And, but like, and ABC was the upstart in the sixties where they wanted to have lots of color shows and they knew that they wanted a sort of a younger audience. But you know, in retrospect, pound for pound for pound, all three of those were doing very similar things in very similar ways, very similar reasons, and so much standardization. You would have stuff like, you know, hey, there, commercials can't be 17 seconds long. You know, if you make a 30-second commercial for Battleship that you want to run in the uh, in Saturday mornings for kids, you could run that on all three of the networks because it's a standard slot. That sounds dumb, right? right. But that's, that's the kind of thing you're talking about. Exactly and what I'm talking about. You'd want a certain demo, given the Nielsen system. I mean, I guess like podcast tracking, it wasn't perfect, but it was consistently imperfect mm-hmm. title mm-hmm. in a way that was useful to people. But now today, all the companies, so many of the companies we're looking at, think about this, Apple, um, I'm not going to say it, HBO, um, Apple, HBO, Amazon. Let's just start with those three. Man, there's got to be an asterisk for every way that you try to compare those. Amazon, right. they have a legacy of spending boatloads of money for customer acquisition without making any money on something. They've been doing that for years. In this case, Amazon Prime. Yeah, I mean, like how many people buy Amazon Prime the video streaming service mm-hmm. without ever using Amazon Prime for two-day delivery or whatever, right. yeah. or any of the other right. supposed benefits. They, they have some bees, they 
you know, tell you. But okay, so that that's one kind of thing. Well, okay, over here you got HBO. Like, oh my God, at least up until recently, we're the gold standard for television since like the mid '70s, especially the last 25 years. It's I can speak for myself. It is the stuff that I return to and rewatch the most is on HBO. That was a cable service where you paid and you got to watch Sex in the City or whatever. But and then you got Apple, and Apple's like, okay, we make iPhones, but also we make Ted. I always say Ted Leo. We also make Ted Lasso. And but let's take a step back. Well, are they all doing it for the same reason and with the same goals? Even if they've got different resources, well, Apple has a completely different play than HBO and Amazon and Amazon and Amazon has, a, you know what I'm saying? Amazon is trying to get you to be in their ecosystem and get their stuff. And I, speaking for myself, Amazon Prime has become a garbage fire, the app, the oh, yeah. video app, because there's no way to flip off like, no, I never want to see something I can rent. I never want to see something I can buy. All I want to see is like the stuff you're streaming. And with Apple, it's a much bigger, longer play, right? Like, we want you to get used to turning on Friday night baseball on Friday nights. But really, we want that. And then what's really cool, you go into, you know, if you, if you, do you have a phone with um, Dynamic Island? Oh, no, I don't yet. But my current phone uh, hits about 10% battery at about three in the afternoon now. So it looks I'll like follow, I might I'll have follow, to get I'll follow a bug. But, but, but with that one, you go into Apple TV on your iPhone, right? And you go down to sports. And I did this for the Warriors game, RIP. Um, and like, so what you can say is like, oh, here's a game I want to watch or want to keep track of. And it'll put the score in your dynamic island. So like I can have drafts up in my uh, to the side in my dynamic island, but also just on my lock screen now, it shows me the score and like a one sentence explanation of like what's happening right now, which is Really a great idea, good use of the technology, very smart, because Apple's ecosystem is all about Apple's ecosystem. Yes, there's stuff, there's content, there's iCloud, there's all the different things, but ultimately it's like, it's a play into that system where like, what did I, what would I just describe? I just described something that touches so many parts of what they do. It's a, they made deals with MLB to get Friday Night Baseball. And by the way, you can listen to local radio now when you're watching Friday Night Baseball. Mm-hmm. You can listen to, if available, you can listen to the home or away team instead of the nattering that they do on um, Friday night baseball. Um, but you're going to use your Apple phone to do this functionality that is, I don't know if it's unique to Apple, but it's special to Apple. They're proud of it. Dynamic Island's really cool. I, I was skeptical, but I think it's cool, right? But that's all part of the ecosystem. So it's so difficult. Let's go back to home smart home stuff now well like everybody's got their reasons yeah amazon's a player in that apple's a player in that google's a player in that and they don't all want the same thing let alone netflix what netflix once i said for a long time i think if netflix could be on gas pumps they'd be like they want to be on everything but also they're on apple tv but they don't want to be in the series soup i think to their peril in mm-hmm. the long run mm-hmm. i i think it's i hope eventually they realize that's not a good thing that I can search for anything on my Apple TV and then have to do a separate search just for Netflix. Mm-hmm. But that, I, don't you feel that kind of reflects those different needs and goals and long-term strategies? And I, I guess it oughtn't be surprising that that doesn't always work in the way that consumers expect, oh, yeah. n- nor in a way that will benefit them. Right. And then it might be different next month. I agree with you. I, I think, you know, 
there's a, there's a part of me that thinks, and you think about in terms of pendulum swings, and like, what do we mean by that? Well, mm-hmm. something's a certain way for a while. And then over time, that pendulum swings, and it becomes very much another way for a while. That's very different from the first way. But you know what happens with every pendulum? Mostly is like you go, okay, now this has gone too far. Let's go back the other way. And every time Apple has some dingling iOS release where everything's like a little too ambitious for the time they had and stuff is broken, what do we all say? Oh, my God, please do another what was the phrase we used to use? Do another snow leopard. Like, please do a yeah. release that's just just done. fixes, just, just bug fixes. That's it. Bug fixes and and um, optimizations. Right. There's just still so much stuff on my phone. Usually in apps, I can't blame you know Apple for this, but like, oh boy, ready for a, a white wine? Uh, first world problem. But like, you know, using the iRobot app for my mm-hmm. Roomba mm-hmm. is like it's. It's like pulling teeth, and sometimes the interface is really slow. And I know how fast one of those screens scrolls normally. And this one just it just sits there and looks at me, and like uh, you're just like, please, I'll give away some functionality if you you know clean this up. But then you also get stuff like the uh, Home app on the on the Mac, or really anywhere, but especially on the Mac, where you're like, who loved this? Like it's just it doesn't it's not even good at being bad. Anyway, now I'm complaining. What's next? What's next for you with the smart home? Well, I mean, you know, I think uh, I think I kind of have most of the stuff happening. You know, like I've, I watch these videos on YouTube. People are like, I've got a, a sensor that's going to detect if there's a leak under the drain pan of the thing in my garage. I'm like, that's handy, you know, and that sensor costs $120. Like, that's neat, but I'm not doing that. You know, the, the thing mm-hmm. that I've been actually focusing on a lot has been the audio situation uh, and Sonos stuff. And that's kind mm-hmm. of a bigger discussion that we could, uh, we could, well, I could talk Sonos about that. Sonos stuff is really tempting. I, I'm, I'm all in on Sonos. And I, I don't know if that's been, a, that might be a, the biggest mistake of my adult life. I don't know. I've had like I, at least two. I, I know for sure two. And I want to say three, but that would be ridiculous. I've, I've had more than one sound bar. And in one case, it was fine. But in another case, it was the one I really wanted, but it just didn't work well with Apple TV. If it doesn't work well with Apple TV, that's, that's game over for me. Mm. You know what I mean? But yeah. like now I hear it's real good. I've got the Sonos app. Mike Hurley loves it. it drives me bananas. This, there is a person alive who likes the Sonos app? Well, I'm not bagging on him. I'm just trying I, to say like, you know. I mean, I, I, don't, think- I don't know how... How it feels like a bolt. Like it, it very much to me feels like a bolt-on. It, it feels like a web view that your nephew made, and like it's, it's at least the one I used to use back when I had, you know, was using Sonos. But uh, it is. It's if I am being honest, like more and more, with the exception of the Home Hub, stuff outside the Apple ecosystem becomes less and less appealing to me because there are generally because general there are things that where I benefits so much from the Apple ecosystem stuff. That self-same Apple TV, like it can do stuff like say, as you know, you can flip on notifications on your Apple TV and like see who's at your door. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could, there's all these different ways and I have to imagine that's going to continue to get better. But like there is, there is still this part of me that's like my friend, Alan Hanstein, who was my primary, hi Alan, Alan, who was my primary sort of freelance employer in the mid nineties. We used to always say, because this isn't, you know, we're talking 95, 96. Mm-hmm. We're making trade, trade show websites and CDs. And, and we both, we had this thing we used to say, which was nobody turns, nobody turns on their TV Thursday at 8 
and sees 404 friends not found. <laughs> Title. Please capture that. Um, right? Because like, and, and until it's as reliable as your light switcher turlet, like you're going to have a built-in amount of resistance to going, well, I just don't know if it's going to do the thing. And obviously connect connectivity's come such a long way. When we were oh, up yeah. on Mount Tam, like, you know, on the one hand, like the it was real spotty coverage. Well, I had some very good tweets while I was on the way there. To, I wanted to do, and it kept oscillating between five G plus, five G, LTE, and then when you see SOS, that's when you know you're in trouble. Right. And, you know that means there's like there's like nothing, but the map still worked fine because the technology has accommodated that, and now it's you know satisficing when it doesn't have a signal that doesn't need to be blaring all the time there's a lot of intelligence right in the robot but um but that dependability whether that's with siri hearing what you said correctly and interpreting correctly whether that is with in my case another example that motion light i have in the bathroom for turning on a nightlight like when those things don't work you i think anybody would get a little bit of resistance except right. for the furthest end nerd who would go like oh i probably screwed something up in my system what do i fix but for most of us going from a light switch that's worked the same way since the early 20th century to something that sometimes doesn't work or like whoops you know um baby jimmy turned off the switch and now we don't have lights anymore mm -hmm. that's still that's still part of that transition and i think it's going to be rocky yeah i do too i think you know what I've found in just the, the experience of getting this Sonos stuff working, you know, it's supposed to be pretty seamless and easy. And most of the time it is, mm. there can be some things tempting, that are tempting me. There are some things that are a little weird or flaky about it, but I mean like let's do, so next week, next week we'll do the whole, uh, I'll talk all about my Sonos because I have a lot invested in Sonos at this point. I like hate it's to ask this, Dan. Could you put it in show notes? Because I'm going to look at it. It's a little above my pay grade, and but it might be a nice reward. Big, apropos of the nominal topic this week, as it's part of a big purge I'm doing at the house. Biggest purge in maybe 15 years. Mm. And, uh, and, and that might be a nice treat. Because, you know, I do need more stuff. Obviously, it's not the Obviously. stuff. It's not the stuff that the... That's a problem. I just got to get organized. One of these days, I got to get organized. Yeah, I, I can definitely share my limited but extensive knowledge about Sonos. Do you and have how the back speakers, the surround ones? Oh, I got I, I got I got a lot of stuff here. Mm. And a lot of stuff here. All right. Um, but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you it's what. It's a good topic. Yeah. It's worth it if you. But the thing is with Sonos, if you go with Sonos, you're kind of you're making a commitment. Mm -hmm. Whereas I can get these cassette light switches, I can control them with uh, Apple, I can control them with Google, I can control whatever. That is not how it is with Sonos. Because, when you, uh, Sonos to go back to that analogy from earlier, there's a who knows who knows what's happening with your data in that company. I can't speak to any of that, but at the end of the day, those are companies where like, hey, I want to sell a whole bunch of this thing that does this thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, this is not a bespoke product. This is a commodity. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm -hmm. not like, you know, artisanal paper towels or something. Yeah. This is something I would like anybody to be able to buy. And their goal is to sell as many of those as possible. Absolutely. Get good reviews for them and then sell more. Yep, different different motivation. Yeah. Very different motivation and very different results, honestly. But I think, I think in the case of Sonos, you know, like, for example, I have a bunch of ceiling speakers that were already in this house when I, when I bought it. So it's, you know, I would never are they, install are they any ceiling. good? They're fine, they're Merlin. Good, they're good, good, good enough for. They're okay. 
Yeah. They're fine. They're not, you know, for, for somebody who's like an audiophile, I'm sure that, that this would be like drinking McDonald's coffee for Marco. But I, for me, they're fine. They're, they sound fine. They make sound, sound comes out of them in different rooms. And that was my, re, you know, requirement for a ceiling speaker. I'm not using them for anything. <laughs> Better important. than those things that your rich friends had in their house, like those Brady Bunch. Uh, <laughs> Uh, little intercom things. Really? You play the radio through the house. <laughs> yeah. or, dad, or dad could go, get in the car. <laughs> They're better than that. Uh, they sound good. I mean, like you would listen yeah. to them and nobody's going to come over and be like, wow, did you hear like Dan's like ceiling speakers? My God, they're so, no. But at the same time, like no one's listening. You're going to walk in and it's always, oh, he's playing music. It sounds good. Like that's it. That's no one thinks about it beyond that. But in order and, and, to and use. Like, and, 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 and also, isn't there some part of you that's like, I'm willing to give away the promise of perfection for something that's already there and is good enough. Yes. Yeah, it's like hotel coffee. It's a good example. Exactly. It's, it's fine. I'm absolutely 100% uh, okay with, with that being the main thing. Uh, but the problem is these are wired speakers, not wireless speakers. They're wired speakers. And in order to have anything come through them, oh. there needs to be a source. They're well, outside the system. Right. So how do you make them Sonos speakers? Well, Sonos has, like, this is just the Sonos way. Sonos has a product called the Sonos Amp. Mm -hmm. The Sonos Amp. Oh, and it smartifies wired speakers? Yeah. You plug, it's, by the way, it's $700. Oh, well. And, I would only get four or five of those probably. And, and you, you plug speakers into it. And <sighs> what it does is it makes them into a Sonos compatible thing. Well, there are two speaker jacks on this thing so that you can connect two speakers to it. Now, if you understand things like ohms and other things, which I don't, then mm, you resistance. can, yes. Then what you actually can know is you can know that you can connect many of these speakers to it and it will push the sound through it just fine. So what I did is, uh, and this is just a preview of next week's show. Ooh, ooh exciting. Um, what, what I did is I was able to connect all three sets of speakers, so three pairs of speakers, to this, and they all sound great. However, Three pairs? Yeah. And you do that through a good old copper wire? Just a regular to, speaker to the, wire to the, that's to already the run Sonos through the house. Amp, it's into called. the Sonos amp. So then is I, it all I caps, Dan? I know they used to love all caps. <laughs> you got to do all caps. Amp! Got to do all caps. So, but the problem then is, well, what if I don't want the music to come out of all of three speakers, at all three sets of speakers at a time? Easy, Merlin. The answer is easy. Just spend another $700 and get another Sonos amp to okay. control. And oh, no, that, that oh, but that's only going to control God. two. So you, if you want to control all three, then you have to buy two more Sonos amps at seven hundred dollars a piece, or you can use a solution it's like buying that another I car came up every with. Time. It's like buying another car every time you have a child. That's well, so weird. one car can only go to their school. I understand it's an Etzel, but uh, but here's the thing: there's another way to do this. It's it involves a manual. You have to press a button or two. But I'm going to save it for next week. Oh, that was a great tease. Mm -hmm. They call it a tease. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, can you tell me about something you like? I can. I would love to tell you about Squarespace. Oh, Squarespace. Squarespace build it, is beautiful. Is, build it. Beautiful. This is an all-in-one platform. Lets you build your brand, grow your business online. You're going to stand out with a beautiful website that you don't have to code. It's going to let you engage with your audience however you want. You can sell stuff, products, the content you create. You can even sell your time. They have the best-in-class templates, and they're always adding more. Even right now as we speak, they're adding some right now. 
And oh, you mean like right this minute? This minute. I and had to schedule something. What um, did you or, schedule? Um, well, I don't know if I can say, but I'm going to be on a podcast. But it's, it's somebody responsible Ooh. who asked me well in advance, and I discovered that the day I was putting on my calendar, the day of Lil Ryan's birthday. Aw. He's like 40 now. No. Not so Lil. He's all grown up. Mm. You I hate miss it, that kid. I? I mean, you're proud of them. But like you know, it all it hurts. It hurts, hurts to see them grow up and be taller than you, and yeah, yeah. Move, move from one part of Williamsburg to another. Yeah, <sighs> man. Uh. Um, it does so much. It's so easy to do. It's so fun to do when you get your Squarespace going. You get your Squarespace, and like a thing I like to recommend to folks periodically because we have a often a, the five or six people who listen are tech inclined. Here's the thing: if you know somebody who needs a website. This is a good way to set them up. You can mm-hmm. get them rolling. I mean, you could probably just send the person there. I've done this for a lot of people, a lot of places, and I've seen where it's been done for a lot of people and a lot of places. And it puts mm-hmm. the control. I normally don't use this word because it's, it's an ugly word, but in wow. this case, it's kind of appropriate. The content that those people have, meaning whatever that is. What, when I say content, because in that case, I do mean it in the sense of whatever it is. It could be photos. It could be text. It could be the need for maps. It's hooked up with all kinds of different stuff that makes it easy. Um, under the hood stuff, like dealing with domains, like getting your domain in the right place, mm-hmm. um, being able to like see stats on certain areas. It's, like, it's, all, it's all in there. Mm-hmm. It's all there. They did yeah. it. They thought of everything, and it's all here. And it doesn't matter what you're doing, Merlin. You're making something. You're doing something. You're selling something. Squarespace has all the tools you need to get your business off the ground. I do a ground. website about how my family doesn't listen to me. But who would read it? Um, I don't know. I've got some really good domains lately. Well, recently. tell me one of them. Oh, I will in a second. I okay. Will. Uh, let's finish this. But, I, but, you know, it could be a lonely man with two ends. <laughs> or um, Family Man, like the Henry Rollins song, Family Man, Family Man. I'm going <laughs> to crucify you on your garage door with nails from your well-stocked garage. Oh, front door. Sorry, 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 Hank. It's, it's the best. You got to get it. It's not costly. It's so easy. It's so fun. It's so modern, and they keep it up to date for you. It's, it's the best. Go there and get even get a domain, speaking of domains. So go speaking check it out. It's at squarespace.com slash it's your show. Sign up, get the free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code It's Your Show. You'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. And that's it. That's all they need to know. Squarespace.com slash It's Your Show. Promo code It's Your Show. 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's it. So thanks very much to Squarespace for supporting 5x5, Back to Work, and Merlin Man. Thank you, Squarespace. Pop, pop. I'm going to send you three words. And I've sent it. So... That's the second good domain I picked up in mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. I have humanity.horse. <gasps> you got it? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. When did I you know, get me it? Too. Me too. I, I, well, <laughs> the way that it started is, is really inscrutable. A good bridge to why my family refuses to try and understand me. But uh, yeah, humanity.horse. .horse domains. I mean, that's got to be up there with .lemo, don't you think? We should when did the get .horse come out? I don't know. We just got on the hover, you know? You can probably get it in the Squarespace. I don't know. It's not an ad. But it all started because I was watching, re-watching iClaudius, the um, BBC series that showed on PBS in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. It's so good. The wonderful Brian... Oh, I also saw Brian Blessed in um, Flash Gordon. I finally watched Flash Gordon. Woof. 
What a movie. But Brian the old, Blessed. The old um, 80s? Dum, 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 flash. That oh, Flash Gordon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got Max von Sydow as being the Merciless. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I, I had the 45 of, you know, Flash. But um, there's a scene where he's, you know, he's a, I think he's the, um, you know, the, uh, uh, not the czar, not the C- Caesar. He's just the Caesar. And he's talking to this dude about this guy. He wants to do something and, uh, and how he can't get the guy to do it. And, and the guy says, well, you know, an unwilling horse, and he goes, yes, yes, I know, is worse than walking on foot. And I just thought, I love that phrase, um, a reluctant, or not a reluctant horse, a, God, I'm screwing up my own domain, an unwilling horse. Mm. An unwilling horse is worse than walking on foot. And so I got unwilling.horse. That's so good. And my wife's like, I was like, can you believe I got unwilling.horse? And she looked at me like I was holding a small turd in my hand. It's like, why, why would anyone want that? You know, kind of implying, like, why are you so excited? Like, was it that hard to get? And I was like, look, it's a dot horse domain, and it works for the bit. So I also got unwillinghorse.com. And because oh, I, I miss, misspeak it so much, I think I'll probably get uh, reluctant.horse too. But the point is, you know, Claudius is very good. And dot horse, horses are funny, Dan. They're majestic, but they're so funny. I never really, I don't, can't really say I've had a lot of time with a horse. I haven't either, but you remember when uh, the 70s, everything was all about quicksand and people in gorilla suits? And then we thought that yeah. the quicksand and gorilla suits, like, like I everything like, was quicksand. Quicksand was everywhere. You could find it anywhere. It's You'd be bit, walking home bit, from the bus true. stop, hit a patch of quicksand. No one's going to see yeah, you again. They're just going to find, about, like, they'll find your, joke about that, your baseball about, hat on the side of the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. I keep expecting, like, you know, be driving down the freeway and see, ah, oh, detour, you know, late onset quicksand. <laughs> right. But, um, but I'm very happy with horse. it. It makes me happy. And, you know, that's what matters. Uh, Dan, our families will never understand us. And and maybe that's better. I I think it is. I think it is much better. Uh, uh, Oh, so are we at like 40 minutes? I can't tell. Uh, We are Sorry, my stomach's growling and I'm not sure why. 52 minutes. Or or about 50, because I I hit record before we were both on. Well, I talked about it. So can I at least like post up an intro to this concept? Yeah. Um... I'm going to find this and I'm going to I'm going to read you what I wrote down about it cuz this is this idea that has been so the idea is this the name of the idea is first comma make a hole first make a hole and the way that I wrote about this in the a document was first make a hole um H O L E we don't edit for content no uh oh man why can't i find it what are you looking I, for um, but here uh, hey, can you can you talk for a minute while i look this up i know you're not going to edit it so let me just no i mean the show will never I uh so i was going to be live from the show floor yeah well uh, see, doing what at the google be, io conference yeah well see i was going to pretend like i was at at dob dob and that y'all were oh. wrong and like it's it, i was at the at the real Dob Dob, yeah. which starts earlier. Yeah. You know, and people be milling around and talking about VR. But I don't know. The the the, the bit is a, a little bit played, mm. uh, which has never stopped me before. No, I was going to say, so what? It hasn't. It really, really, <laughs> really hasn't. Make a hole. I'm in the actual VS code now. Ready? 
Line four, three, four. First, make a hole. Because before you can properly clean, organize, or even purge a given area, you'll need to know where the stuff that's not currently where you want it to be will go. Yes, especially the trash. And, okay, so uh, that, that probably doesn't sound very profound, right? Mm. It's not. But, um, but I was trying to explain to my wife. So, like, we've got here, – here's the problem statement is we've – well, there's a second problem. The first problem is we've got too much stuff. And that's because frequently I get too much stuff. And, yes, that could be things like the cardboard box that this thing from Amazon came in. I try really hard to stay on top of all of that. But the truth is, like, I feel like I'm on this constant thing where I'm just shifting – so much junk that I have from one place to another. And understand, I used to be Merlin Man. I know that organizing your email is like, um, organizing your email is like alphabetizing your recycling, as I have said. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. understand that it's, you've got to get rid of this stuff. Well, ideally, don't get the stuff. If you don't want to waste food, don't buy food. You'll end up wasting. Oh. Don't save food in the refrigerator that you bought just because of waste, and then you're refrigerating garbage. What's the point? There's a there's a, a process to this idea, and it requires a level of candor about mm -hmm. oneself. Mm -hmm. And and like here's a few things I've realized over time. Uh, a thing I like to say to my friend Alex, and this is not exactly right, but it's close. There's a big difference between being organized and being tidy. Like my wife is very tidy. She also happens to be very organized. But like I'm super organized, but I'm not tidy. Hmm. So for example, like I have these I have really nice flashlights, I have USB drives, mm -hmm. I have extra pens. I found a place to to store all of the rolls of tape. I can't find them sometimes. Mm. So now what I've mostly done is I've turned my house into like a like a like an escape room or something, a puzzle box where yeah. like now I've got to find the place where the organized things are. So what do I do? Like buy an air tag and put it in there? Oh yeah, let's get more stuff that makes more cardboard and do all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. As much as I have counseled my kids for years to follow the great Peter Walsh and like examine your potentially problematic relationship with the physical world, the goods that you store and maintain. Like, I know that. I know that. But, like, I have to re, 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 relearn it. And each time I relearn that, I mean, is that, you know what I'm talking about, though? Like, the, and it's all too much. Peter Walsh makes a great case for saying that people like me are the way they are. Well, I mean, I'm the way I am for lots of reasons. Uh, but one of those things is there's a lot about me that is an attractive nuisance for certain kinds of problems, let alone having a fair amount of hoarding in my family, like in my genes. So, so what does that lead to? Well, for the hoarding part means that like, I, 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 you know, I mean, I, it's not like we have like cat poop in the house or something, but no. you know, but, but I do You just got stuff and you don't want to, you don't want to get rid of it. You've heard me use the phrase, a good box. I can't throw that away. That's a good box. Oh, I was out walking and I found a stick. Man, that's a good stick. You know, there's all this kind of stuff where I accumulate. I really, I find, I see a rock and I like it and I grab the rock. It's like, what am I doing with that rock? I mean, I yell at my family about sticking food in the fridge. I know they're never going to eat. Mm. And yet I walk around going Ooh, beach glass or whatever, like, <laughs> like some kind of weirdo the, you know, it's not going to end up in a collection like next to the Jean Grays, the Jean's gray, but you know, 
<laughs> and which will lead to a phrase you'll hear me using a lot in subsequent discussions here of the phrase, what is your plan for that? What is your plan for that? When you put that food in the refrigerator, what's your plan for that? Mm. When you re think about this, uh, USB cables, mm -hmm. right? That's, I mean, a, that's an it, issue. It wasn't until like four years ago, I finally threw out all my SCSI cables. Because why? Because those are cables you keep, you might need them. Every single cable that's ever come with a device that, the one I always say wrong, USB mini, USB micro. micro. You know, the one that's like everything now that's not regular USB, like, mm -hmm. but still like whether that's like my battery charger slash hand warmer needs that, my uh, Eve devices need that for charging. But how many of those do I need, Dan? Well, it doesn't matter how many I need because I'm Merlin and I have a system of Ziploc bags in which I very meticulously store mm. every kind of cable I've ever gotten in my life, whether I need it or not, whether I know that it works or not. I've gotten to the point where I've broken down my Ethernet cables into all different kinds of Cat6, different kinds of the various kinds of Cat5, and then Other. And it's like, well, why do you have one called Other? What are those... How many Ethernet cables do you think you'll need? That how many will other? you need? And not just that, Merlin, but how many will you need at one time? At one time, because because the, this is the struggle, right? Is that it you is. say, well, I need, I definitely need one of these mini cables. If I, I definitely want to charge. Need one. If I want to charge this device, sometimes you know it's kind of a weird, you know, plug or something. You're like, well, of course I would keep that. I've always yeah. kept that, right. you know, and, and the CD with the drivers on it back in the day, right? You keep all of that stuff, but you, you exactly, you've already precisely nailed it, which is how many will you need? How many will you need at once? But then also I, I skipped over as much as I know that lesson, I've skipped over so much on the path to, if it's not obvious here, the goal here is to, I want to throw out half of what I own, not throw out, but you know what I mean? Throw out. Yeah. I'm not going to get into a thing with you. Oh, you should donate, you donate your old underpants to a homeless shelter. I don't care what you do with those. Well, yeah, but also like, again, straight out of the wisdom document, which I will put in notes. Uh, if you don't give your broken shit to a school, don't give your broken shit to they goodwill. Don't want it. Is that what you're trying to say is that they don't want it? I think what they want is money. Mm. And don't act like, you're doing any favor for them by turning them into your guilt-free DMZ for poor choices. <laughs> so when you say things like, you know, homeless shelters need socks. You should give them your old socks. Well, don't throw those away. You could mulch those or make macrame. And it's like, no, homeless shelters absolutely do need socks. When's the last time you personally gave money to a homeless shelter or similar so that they could get what they needed? Be honest. Be honest, like a portion of the proceeds go to charity. How about this? How about you donate directly to the charity? Then all the portion of the proceeds goes to charity. All of it, it's, 100%. Right. But when I say throw away, let's just bracket that for now. It's like, I want, as John Syracuse say, things need to leave my house in the, the phrase of the great John Syracuse. Mm -hmm. And there's so much I want to get rid of. And I do also want to start honestly operationalizing that way, way, way further back step of, hey, you know, it's way easier not to waste if you never buy it in the first place. And I, that's something I really, I really want to operationalize, but I also like it's, everything's too crowded. My stuff is like everywhere. Cause I've got a million projects and, but they're all important. And I can say, you know, that's kind of in implied air quotes, right? Because, Hey, I got to do this stuff to store all the things we take on a trip. Well, that's to store all the things I feel like we'll need on a trip because of my demon dogs. 
One of the numerous things that occurred to me that I think was covered by Werner Herzog, one of the things that occurred to me this weekend as we took our little family walk together is, you know how families have different codes for different kind of things? For example, if I bring up the, um, if I bring up the, um, the delivery food, uh, it's a tradition in our family. Whoever brings up the food, as you're walking up the steps, you yell, food! Mm-hmm. And then everybody knows the food is here. And then everybody in the house responds by saying, food! <laughs> which is kind of like a Roger that. Uh-huh. It's, it's a sweet thing. I, I, I love things like That's that. Cute. I have one, though. Here's a new one. Uh, if you're really wound up about something weird, which I'm given to believe sometimes you are, mm-hmm. I know I am. Mm-hmm. If you're really wound up about something weird, consider implementing a thing in your family where you begin, before you say anything, ask anything, you know, something as simple as basically a passive aggressive question or something as deep as I want a detailed understanding of the entire future. Mm-hmm. First, you begin by yelling out the following word, demon dogs, you yell out demon dogs. Mm-hmm. And that means the thing that I'm about to say, you all know, I could act like I'm asking just a question, but I'm asking you a question because of my demon dogs. Bef- when my kid says, so like when my kid says, how long are we going to be hi- hiking? I no, that's code for something. Because the kid loves to hike, but also the kid likes time to be alone and play and Zelda. video games. Zelda, yeah, or, or, or whatever. But, 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 and I, but like, it would be handy if there's a way to say, hey, I can use some downtime before Monday. Um, is this going to be like super long? Or in my case, I'm old and frail and my body hurts. And like for me to go, oh, is this a loop or is this an in and out trail? It's like, oh, it's an in and out trail. It's like, ooh, okay, that's cool. But, you know, it's, it's fun. You know, you say demon dogs. And that means the thing that I'm about to say is I'm going to create a vulnerability for myself here. And instead of acting like some real alpha dad who has a plan that everybody has to do for unknown reasons, I'm going to say demon dogs. And that's when I say, you know, you know how weird I am about this certain kind of thing? Like whether that's knowing there's a place to pee or like what happens if we get a flat tire or whatever it would be neat to be able to frame the thing that you're saying in terms of going, look, I know this is my hangup, but can I ask an honest question about that without this having to turn into a thing? And it will still turn into a thing sometimes, but you know, I think that's really, I mean, I have so many demon dogs, Dan, and one of them is that with my brain and my condition, I can get really, really, really wound up in things. And you know, one reason that last little vacation we took was good was because I'm making a practice of becoming less wound out, up about things and just being a fun person to be with, right? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, evolution. You're evolving as a person. <clears throat> I'm naturally selecting. But the, the first make a whole thing. Can I just lay this out kind of quick? <laughs> Can I just lay this out? You, yeah. You'd have to go. What time I'm is okay. it? I'm okay. I'll make it quick. No, I'm good. <laughs> mm. Demon dogs. Um, I, but I've had this realization that like, okay, here's how, okay, if you like, here's how it started. And I, I, there's probably an easier way to explain this, but here's an example is like, and of course, because like I have made myself the garbage czar and I have made myself the operations officer. It occurs to me that maybe my family's scared, scared to do anything that's not what I do mm-hmm. because the garbage cans go back in this particular way, in this particular order, and yes, I have reasons for that. I have a reason for everything. Right. And a lot of them do come down to demon dogs. But like, for example, uh, we have a pantry in what used to be you know, an old, giant old closet, mm-hmm. and we use that for you know, bulkier, cooking things, 
baking, uh, you know, baking sheets and all the the stand mixer and all, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Let alone stuff like ramen and jars of pasta or whatever. But you know what happens over time, Dan? You slide. And like pretty soon you've got stuff in there. That place is now turned into a little garbage hut because everything gets stacked on everything else. Yeah. My fault. We got, oh, my uh, six new bottles of seventh generation dish detergent have arrived. <laughs> we'll just throw them on top of the ramen and it'll be fine. But like who wants to eat ramen that's been under the dish? Like there's that, right? And it's like, oh, this, this is becoming kind of untenable. And all I want to do is get to the slow cooker or the instant pot. And so, but like to do that now, I've, I got to get the instant pot. I got to move those things. I got to get that out of here. I got to make a space over here. I know your house isn't like this, but I mean, our, our house is not bad. I mean, it's not gross or anything, but like it's not kept up to date as a place where people live a happy life. We don't, you know, like the, the, the stuff you have in your bathroom when you have a baby is different than the stuff you have in your bathroom when you're a teen. Not a surprise. And yet when I had the junk people come on Monday, almost half of what was in the junk was stuff for our dead cat. Like we just never made, I never made an active effort of saying, oh, we don't need this unopened thing of litter. We don't need these unopened cans of food. We don't need this brush. We don't need this litter box. We don't, but like, then I got to like the cat carrier and I had my Peter Walsh moment where I was just a little bit like, oh, hmm, I miss Savvy. She was a monster, but I miss her. But like every single one of those things is cubic inches in my mind and in my life. And like how often do you make yourself see your house in terms of, or your space, wherever, in terms of like how it serves what you're trying to do now? And long story short, I feel like our house is, nobody feels like our house is serving the way that we want to live now. And that's over 80% my fault, but there's a little bit of blame to go around other places. But so what do you do? You want to get to the Instant Pot. In my case, you want to get to this. You got you got to move that thing. That thing's got to go there. And you're like, oh, I just want to like throw out all this stuff. Okay, fine, Merlin. Where are you going to throw it out? Well, we have a joke sized garbage can because we live in San Francisco, so it's got to go somewhere that's not here, right? And I think for a lot of people, including the hoarder types, that's kind of where it stops. You're like, oh, it's fine now. It ha- the, the 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 pile hasn't tipped over, so everything's fine. Like there's all these books that I keep meaning to reshelve mm-hmm. or like all those different things, all these million little mini projects. And that's where first make a whole becomes important to me. It started as a realization. First make a whole means, well, let's just take this rationally. You've got a bunch of stuff in your pantry that you want to get rid of. Okay. Where's it going to go when you get rid of it? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's got to go somewhere where trash goes. Hmm. I guess we could put it in the garage for now. That's a really good idea. Where are you going to put it in the garage? Or to use my phrase here, what's your plan for that? Hmm. Well, the garage is already so full of other stuff I brought down here to temporarily alleviate the problem. See also hoarding. Um, I've got all this stuff down here that like I already haven't gotten rid of. And there's nowhere to put the stuff that was in the pantry that we don't want anymore because I haven't made a hole. There's nowhere to put that stuff. And if you really think about this, there's there's a cascade to this that makes a ton of sense. I mean, if you've ever walked into a hoarder's house, like a real hoarder house or like the ones you see on TV that are such a bummer, like I've been in situations where I've walked into a house like that and there's nowhere to put my backpack down 
or know where I would be willing to put my backpack down. Like there's literally nothing here. It's absolute a thousand percent chaos because there are no holes. There are no surfaces. And the hoarding mind tends to go, well, I'll just move this onto the range top for now, or I'll just put these clothes <laughs> in the oven because they're in the way or what, you know what I mean? And like, but the first make a whole thing is the idea of saying you have to, let's get to the point. It's an infrastructure idea, which is that start operationalizing that idea of what is your plan for that. If you don't have a plan for that, consider getting rid of it. But when you get rid of it, it's going to need to go somewhere before it goes where it finally needs to be. If you don't have a place to put down your backpack, it's going to be really hard to clean that kitchen because you first need to make a hole. And then the irony is if you have enough junk that like needs to leave your house, um, <laughs> poor Madeline. She thought she'd finally gotten this and I, I was fucking with her, but sorry, um, messing with her. But, um, I was like, do you get it now? Do you get it? First make a hole. And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. First make a hole. And I was like, well, what happens if you first make a hole? And she goes, uh, you put garbage there. And I'm like, what you do when you make a hole is you also make room for other holes because when you see, this is hard to explain. You need to have a plan. You need to know what you're going to do with stuff, but then you also need the infrastructure to make the right thing. The easy thing, you need the infrastructure to create future holes because the hole you ultimately want is a place where the Instant Pot and only the Instant Pot goes. Ideally, it's easy to get to and, you know, in sort of concomitant with how often you use it. Like, like I say, you don't put your toothbrush in the attic just because there's more room there. You need it. We want a place for that. Well, then what happens to the stuff that was there? I guess it goes somewhere. You make a hole to make a hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is the beginning of a better life in that for me, because now I'm I'm getting this idea that like there's gonna be more to this than what I've done over the years, which is just move a bunch of garbage into a nicer thing from the container store and then consider myself organized. You know, I don't know what to do with my zip and jazz discs even though I have not used or, you know. Where's your Bernoulli box? My, 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 <laughs> um, my, my side quest. <laughs> but all of those things, there's still this part of me, there's still this twinge that's like, that's really this weird paranoid part of me that's like, I'm not sure I want to throw out gigs of information from any point in my life, you right. know. But, but then, and then that becomes a block for me or for, for whomever. So right now we have our, our wheelbarrow for, for the garden is currently now full of jazz, mostly jazz and um, zip disks that I need <laughs> to find a place to go. But so is the key to that to find a better way to store those? No, you got to make a hole. Those things, those things need to go away, but it has to be part of a more assertive effort to like, like in our case, like we're so organized. We've got an entire shelf that's nothing but camping stuff, including camping stuff where, like where the stakes are broken or, you know, where the, the stove doesn't work or whatever. There's all that stuff. And I just keep scooting it around to be more organized and look prettier. <laughs> right. And, I, you know, I'm just going to say, gang, I don't think I'm the only person in the world who's ever done this. Um, it doesn't have to just be people who keep good sticks and good boxes. I think it's true for a lot of things. So anyway, I want to lay out the basic groundwork for trying to figure out whether there's something to this, because I think that there is, and, and then how would it relate to more than Merlin's Garage? Well, I think it also goes for time. I think it's difficult. It's difficult to do one thing without consciously not doing 10,000 other things. 
I think, you know, I think that goes straight to time and attention management. It is something I'm also implementing with attention management. There's a bunch of stuff I'm spending a lot less time on because I can prove that they make me unhappy. I'm not saying it's a waste of time. I'm, I'm saying I can prove that there are things that make me unhappy, like watching cable news. I don't know why I've watched so much cable news in my life. Right. For four years, it seemed like I had to. Like I was being a bad citizen if I hadn't learned the thing I should be a little more upset about today. But, and you can't tell people that. You can't tell people that when they're caught up in that, whether that's Twitter or news or whatever, because it feels so vital. And there's so much unintentional chemistry stuff going on in your head about your dopamine or your you know, adrenaline or whatever it is. And it keeps you a little bit addicted. And, you know... It's so anyway, that's what I want to lay out first, make a hole. It's, it's, it's adjacent to in my obsidian personal wiki I've made about this stuff. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> of course, because I have to complicate everything. Um, it's what I do, just like Caden in uh, Synecdoche, New York. He says to, he says to, to Catherine Keener, why do I, why do I make everything so complicated? And Catherine Keener says, it's what you do, Caden. And, but like, I do feel like there's something valuable here and it's not, you know, on the one hand you go like, oh, I'm just going to throw out everything. Uh, there's all these boxes and all this stuff and blah. But like, I do also remember though, the little, if you like dopamine hit of getting into it. And like, once you get into purging as we've done on hugely one time and on a smaller level, a couple times since, you know, because my wife, both my wife and I both love that Peter Walsh book. Um, but like the whole point of that Peter Walsh book is like, your space should support the life you want, not the life that you think you should have had or wished you had. The, you know, the pants that don't fit, the cables that don't go to anything. Because being organized about things you don't need is an affliction. And, but it, it does, if you're like me, it starts with making a hole. Wow. I mean, I, we have to end it there. That's genius. Thank you. Done. No, but so, I mean, does that make any sense at all? It does. All right, fine. It um, does. Uh, a couple titles. Uh, we send me you know, a couple. Good I have titles. titles. Yeah, I well, got see. titles. It's an Etzel. Um, okay, send this along, and um, you know, actually, if you don't mind, could I have the audio tracks? I, I I'm happy to give it to you. Of I could probably put this together real quick on my own, but it always does help a lot. Love okay, to. Good. All right, cool. And that is that. We did it. We're back. We're, we're done. They're just back. Okay. Um, thank you very much and have a good day. Sorry, I missed you. Well, you got you to say, I, I, love, I love you. Oh, we're still on the show? Yeah, we got to do Holy that. shit, Dan. I know. Uh, are you going to leave all this in? Leave, leave all that in. I'm leaving it in. Okay. Let's button this up. Okay. <laughs> love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. Jesus Christ. Jesus <laughs> Christ.